Hello, this is Pastor Logan, and welcome again to Wednesday Bible Study. Uh, we're going to continue in on our journey uh, from probably over a year ago. <clears throat> we started in the book of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, and we covered three chapters. And then at the beginning of uh, 2020, I started a series on uh, celebration of disciplines uh, with uh, Richard J. Foster. So we're going to, uh, God willing, go through the last uh, three chapters of the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, 5, and 6, and, and pick up where we left off at before. And I think it's a very good place for us to do so. Uh, the very beginnings of Ephesians uh, talk about who we are in Christ. And then uh, it goes into this latter part of the function of, uh, of the church. Uh, now that we are in Christ and we know who we are in Christ, what is our responsibility? Uh, as the church, the body of Christ. So we're going to get into that a little bit today. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for our time together this afternoon, this evening. And I thank you for uh, uh, the opportunity to share your word with the people who will uh, will listen to this, um, this uh, service. I ask that you think through my mind and speak through my lips. And we give all the glory to you. Father, help this body of believers to be relevant in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. As uh, I'm sure most of you know, uh, today was the inauguration of our new president, President uh, Biden. Uh, and, uh, and our role as Christians, uh, as it has been with all administrations, is to pray for those who are in positions of authority. So our office is as though we are always there in the White House, meaning our position, our responsibility to the White House. Some come, some go. Uh, but we're always there as Christians, praying and believing God and seeking um, his will for that office and praying for the, the president and the Congress and the Senate, no matter who's in those offices. Uh, we're still there, just like uh, people who've worked in this White House for multiple years. We are there. We never change. We never, our function never uh, uh, stops. Um, our purpose never uh, ends. We are there to pray. And so hopefully you'll take that on uh, this uh, with this presidency as well, because, again, it doesn't matter who's in the office. We are called to pray for those from positions of authority, whether we like them, whether we don't like them, whether we are so wonderfully grateful that they're in there or not. Our job is to maintain a cool and pray for those from positions of authority because they need us too, so that we as Christians can live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness. So enough said on that, uh, pray for the president. Pray for President Biden and, and uh, 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 Vice President Kamala uh, Harris also. All right, so here we're going to catch up a little bit, Ephesians 1. Um, and so let me lead you in with some scriptures that we've already covered, letting us know who we are. So Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Even before the he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Uh, verse 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered our, us with kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. These are all past tense. What did he do? He loved us and chose us in Christ. Chapter 2 says this, 
that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when, we, when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead. He raised us, not as raising us, but he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Again, all of those terms are past tense. He raised us up. We are now seated with Christ, with, with God in Christ Jesus. You, verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us to long ago. So again, again, past tense, we are, we are God's masterpiece. He created us, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Also it says, uh, verse 13 um, of chapter 2, But now you have been, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So, uh, verse chapter 3, one more scripture, we'll read right quick. It says, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news shall equally share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promises, promise of blessings because they belong to Jesus Christ. So, let me just give you a way to look at this the way it helps me to look at it. It's like this. So if we can use as a title uh, as we start into chapter 4, uh, now that you're on the team, now that you're on the team, it's as though God came and, and put a jersey on you and get a locker and you go to the locker room and you see your name uh, and uh, with a gold plaque across your uh, locker and saying, uh, George Logan, uh, he's now on whatever team that you'd like to be on, whatever team that might be. And so for Carolina fans, you're on Carolina's team. On Duke fans, you're on Duke's team. On, uh, if, if you've got a favorite team out there, just name it. And you're now on that team. And so <clears throat> you have been successfully recruited to the team. You're now on the team bearing all the rights and privileges of that team. You, you now have the jersey. You now have all of the, the gear that that team has. You are a team member. Now what? Now what? Now the coach, having successfully recruited you to the team, has got to teach you the culture of the team. And so chapter 4 goes into that. It's going into... What is our culture now as children of the Most High God in Christ's kingdom or uh, with a kingdom mindset? What is a kingdom culture? And so chapter 4 begins us on that journey to talk about now that we're on the team, what do we do? How do we act? What is our culture? And so we'll start there. <clears throat> chapter 4 and verse 1. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. 
So right there, let's just stop. He says, therefore, uh, Paul talking, uh, now that you're on the team, lead a lifestyle that is consistent with the culture of the team. These are the things that we do as a team. You have now been called to the team. You are now on the team. So let's live like it. It's, let's act like it. Let's talk like it. Let's, let's believe like it. Uh, and so that's how this journey begins. You and I, if you have called upon the name of Jesus, you're on Christ's team. You're a part of the body of Christ. You're in the family of God. You're no longer, as Ephesians, I think, 2 says, you're no longer alienated, uh, but you are now a part of the citizenship of the kingdom of God. So what does that mean? So verse <clears throat> verse um, 1 again, it says, Therefore, as a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, what, I want you to think with me just a minute. What if that was uh, a part of being Team USA, Team America? And those were the requirements for the culture. Listen to that. It says, I want you to be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, make allowances for one another's faults because of your love, make every effort, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one United States and one whatever, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. So having that kind of mindset, I think what's going on in our country now is that we're seeking to unite. There's been enough division. There's been enough um, silos. And now it's time for us to unite. And so the body of Christ really should be the model for the United States, not a part of the problem. So having said that, here's the culture of the kingdom. He says, first of all, guys, now that you're on the team, here's what I'm going to need to get across to you first, is I need you to understand that it's vitally important for us to be humble and gentle. In other words, uh, when you yoke up with the kingdom of God, I want you to yoke up with a humble spirit and, and, and a gentle spirit. And here's how that works. <clears throat> In order to have a humble and a gentle spirit, you have to have an accurate estimate of who you are now and where you've come from and the depth of the sin in which God has brought you out of. Um, it's amazing to see how some people can start out humble and then get really, really hardened and legalistic and want to pounce on people and become mean-spirited. Uh, many Christians even uh, have, um, are just mean, just to be honest with you, just mean, just, just egregious, just hard. <laughs> but he says that's not the culture of the kingdom. He says the kingdom culture is I need you to be humble and gentle. Uh, in other words, uh, 
entreat other people the same way God has entreated you or has treated you. And that's with hum humility and, and, and gentleness. So be humble. We need to learn the humility of coming up under humble humility. Humble yourself. Come up under. Understand that you're only in the family. You're only on the team by God's grace. You brought nothing in. You can't add anything. There's nothing that you can really do. There's nothing that you have done. You are simply by his grace, by his grace. And there's a look to that. There's a humility to, to, to know that everything I have has been given to me by God. There's nothing that I brought to the table. There's nothing that I brought to the party. You are everything. And so understanding that it's important for us to lead with humility. It's important for us to lead with a gentle spirit and to treat everyone as though you know exactly where you were when you came into the uh, the kingdom of God and having that kind of rapport with everyone. Let's, let's learn to be humble. Let's learn to, to put others first and to defer to other people and to, to have a gentleness about us because of our regard for where we have come from and where we know others have come from and to see them that way. So part of the part of being uh, uh, this kingdom culture is to always have humility, to just look the part. Uh, there's a young man just recently, and I don't know him, and I, and, and I may be very wrong in this, but his look, to me, seemed like a very humble person. Plays for the University of Alabama, Devontae Smith. Uh, I don't know if you saw his interview, but I, I was just, I was, I was uh, just inspired by his disposition. Now, I may be wrong. He may be the most arrogant person in the world, but it didn't appear that way. And I think if I remember correctly, even his coaches said of him how humble he was. Here's a young man that came from, I think, it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Louisiana, some small town in Louisiana, a uh, uh, humble background. Um, it came into to Alabama at 100 and I think 60 pounds. And, uh, um, uh, but, and, but humble, but a humble person just stayed humble all the way through, I think. Um, but that's what we're talking about. The culture of, of humility, the culture of always learning, always being able to be taught and, and, and gentle with others as they are learning and growing and being taught themselves. And then it says this, not only are we to be humble and gentle, but it also says we are to be patient with each other. Uh, remember, this is the culture of the kingdom we're now in. Be patient with each other. Now, I don't know about you, but we're living in a day where people are not very patient. We are want to. As a matter of fact, we oftentimes uh, see people who are very aggressive at going after people that they think have done them wrong. And, and, and Lord knows uh, our social media has given us opportunities to really pound on people and really hurt people and really bully people and, uh, and show no patience whatsoever. But that's not the kingdom culture. The kingdom culture is be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That's not the climate we're living in. That's why we are the salt of the earth. 
We're the salt. We're the light of the world. And we are to, to show people what patience looks like. Give people a long line. So he, here's a definition of, of patience. What does it mean to be patient? It means to be long, long in soul and spirit. Or we could even say large in soul and spirit. Um, it means to well up, welling up uh, or enlarged so big that you can absorb emotions. You can absorb your own emo feelings of emotions of anger and, and bitterness and and, and becoming short with people. So, so when he talks about patience, it's a patient meaning my spirit gets so welled up with love that I'm able to absorb one another's faults. I'm able to just, just handle it, just let it, let it sink into me and just kind of gobble it up, you know, uh, instead of it being so hard and bouncing off of me and bouncing back and in, in a form to, to hurt the, the person that uh, through my anger or through my bitterness. He says, be long-suffering, long in a big spirit, well up with passionate regard for other people so much that it swallows your emotions. Now, if all of us think about it, we, can, we understand that because we, we know when we are short. When we are short, that means we are short in spirit short uh, in soul, meaning that just that just got to me. That just, mm. but what if you're able to absorb that? What if you're able to douse it out, like dousing out a flame that kind of rises up and you take a big jug of water and pour it on it? That's what it's talking about when we talk about patience. It means to absorb those emotions on the inside of all of us. And all of us have them. All of us want to go off sometimes. So if, if that were not a temptation, he wouldn't tell us to be patient, right? He wouldn't tell us to be long in spirit. If, if, the, if the temptation were not there to just get mad at people and, 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 and not make allowances and, and stomp on everyone that comes along our path. No, we're, none of us are going to get very far if we don't show longness of soul and spirit welling up, absorbing those emotions that, that many of us uh, um, have in our lives by being uh, by uh, understanding this kingdom culture that God has called us to, to. So make allowances. Make allowances for people. Make allowances for people. They're our brothers. And then it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Now, there's, there's one saying that says, endeavor to keep the bond of the Spirit. Uh, uh, and, and, and sometimes we miss how important this piece is. What this is actually saying is make haste and give all diligence. Make haste and give all diligence to keep yourselves united. Do everything we possibly can to keep ourselves united by the Spirit in love. Run to it. Get there quickly. Don't allow things to just kind of go on without being spoken to or spoken of or, or, or addressed. Be long, be endeavor, go there quickly. You know, if you see that there's some wrong and you see that there's a potential for division, 
Um, the kingdom culture says, don't run from it, run to it. Many times what causes the division is that one party or both parties are unwilling to address it. And instead of running to it, as the scriptures are saying, we run from it. And I understand that. We don't like confrontation. We don't like conflict. Many people, that is. And, and so instead of causing more problems, we think, and, and we just rather leave it alone. But that's not the kingdom of culture that God has called us to. He says, endeavor to keep the peace. Endeavor. Um, make every effort. Uh, make haste to it. Now think about it this way. Uh, how many of you would not make haste to put a fire out in your home? If you saw a little spark, maybe a, you've got a, a fireplace and a, one of the coals pops out of the, of the fireplace and lands on the carpet and, and uh, you see it. Maybe you didn't have your your, your um, uh, fence up or your gate up. And so it got past it. And, um, and now it's starting to burn a little bit on the carpet. Would you sit there and just let it burn? Or would you make haste and put it out? Well, I hope to think you would make haste and put it out. As opposed to saying, I don't want to offend that coal. I don't want to offend the carpet. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. No, sometimes we just have to do what makes for peace. And haste, haste many times, uh, getting there and making haste and being diligent about it, it creates the opportunity for things to get squashed. Go to the sources. So remember, this is the culture that we're on the team. Thank God for it. And while we're on the team, He's telling us to be humble and gentle, to make allowance for one another's faults, be patient, absorb one another's faults, and then make haste, make haste uh, to, uh, uh, to make sure that we stay together and united in peace. Verse 4 says, For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now you're going to hear that over and over again. One body, one spirit, just as we've been called to one glorious hope for the future. And so when we understand that piece, we understand that it is important for us to know that, that we have to see things singularly and not multiple interests. You know, singular interests as opposed to multiple interests. Uh, when we have multiple interests in one kingdom, it creates uh, division. And so he's telling us one, one, one. He says it over again. For there is one body, one team, one spirit on that team, and one glorious hope for that team. One. You can have multiple agendas here. A person on this team can't have an agenda for himself. You know, as, you, as we're getting into the playoff season, and forgive me if you're hearing too many sports analogies, but uh, the, they're relevant to me. And um, so we're getting a, we're, we're in playoff season with football now, and you'll hear people say things like, um, the, the player says, you know, it's not about me, it's about our team. Um, we've got one focus, and that is to make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's, uh, it's important not for me to be, to, to be the star here, but to help everyone else to do their very best. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about oneness. Uh, verse 5 says this, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and all, all and all, and living through all. And then it goes on to say, um, so all of those alls, they're ones, and says, 
in the verse, verse 6 says, One God, one Father of all, and over all, and in all, and living through all. So we understand that it's important for us to know that oneness, one, 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 have a single purpose, single agenda, stay united around that agenda. Let's not veer off. Let's not have uh, all these other competing passions. All one. Verse 7 says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led crowd, a crowd of captives and gave gifts to the people. Notice that he says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So it tells us about what Jesus did. He came from above to the earth, to the lower earth, and then back to his ascension again. And he came there to do a job. He came down, making himself of no reputation, becoming like man, dying on the cross for us, going to the depths of hell on our behalf, coming back up, being risen from the dead, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father, all for you and I. One purpose, one God, one mission, one everything. Boy, if we could just get on board about that. If ever we've seen uh, the disconnect of that, I mean, you know, uh, we've had the, the coronavirus this year, and we've been all over the place. As, as Americans, we've been all over the place on it. Should we do this? Should we not do this? Should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? Uh, should, should we quarantine? Should we not quarantine? Should we isolate? Should we not isolate? Uh, all of those things created divisions. It would have been lovely to just have got one report. This is what all Americans should do, period. That would have been just so wonderful and hopefully would have uh, caused us a to not so be divided on this. I've heard people say, you know, I, I'm not, I said, I don't care what we need to do. I just wanted, I just want to hear from one person one time. And, and that's that's what, what we get in, in crisis. We get this mission of oneness and unity, and we're not divided. But again, Christian, man and woman of God, it is you and I, you and I who can best model that if we just take upon ourselves a kingdom culture. That's a kingdom culture. We should not be divided amongst ourselves. We should not have to air our dirty laundry amongst the world who are looking in many ways and looking at Christians and saying, what in the world are they thinking? What in the world are they doing? They're all over the place. They have no unity here. And we really do. We left unity. Unity didn't leave us. Unity was what brings us together in oneness. Unity is, is, is the word of God, is Jesus Christ. It's, it's the word. And when we veer off of that, uh, when we get in disunity, the world is like, man, where do we turn? Even the Christians are divided. Even the Christians are, are, are not unified. Uh, I just read an article um, that talked about the schism uh, within uh, Christianity uh, because of of all of the different perspectives on this past year and and, and our and our politics and and you know the, the things and prophecies and all of those things 
has caused a, a tremendous amount of division and qualms within the body of Christ and, and, and mudslinging in the body of Christ. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. And it can only stop when we, when we acknowledge what he's saying about the church and this kingdom culture. Absorb one another's faults. Be humble and be gentle. And endeavor, endeavor, make haste to, to break, to stop the divisions, to stop uh, the disunity. That's what it boils down to. If we could all see ourselves like that and see ourselves as how important it is to not beat up on one another. Speak truth now. I'm not saying that you don't speak truth. Truth is what brings healing. Humility in receiving that truth is vitally important. And, and it would be so wonderful to see. I've seen some of the prof people who came out with prophecies. Some have said, you know what? I was wrong. I, I prophesied that, that uh, President Trump would be continue on for four years, and it didn't happen. And, and they repented, and they, they, they humbled themselves. You know, and I believe that because of that, the duration of their ministry and the power of their ministry would continue on. Now, they took a lot of flack from it. But they did, I think, the right thing. They humbled themselves. And, and, and yet there are others who have not, who have chosen to keep on holding on to the last thing. You know, what does it hurt? Matter of fact, it, it, it seems painful to not, to not uh, or to, to admit wrong, but it's even far more painful to be found continuously in a fault because of a, of a resistance to... Um, uh, to, uh, to, to humble ourselves. All right, verse 9 says this, and then we'll be done. Notice that it says, uh, verse, excuse me, verse 11. It says, now these are the gifts, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, best way for me to understand this, and again, one more sports analogy, and then we're done. Could you imagine the best athletes in the world coming together to be on a team, but no coach? I want you to think about that just for a minute. Best athletes in the world come together, be on a team, but they have no coach. Well, that's what the equipping of the saints is all about. It's all of us wonderfully made. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that we are God's workmanship. In other words, it says we are his masterpieces. And now all of these masterpieces of God have come together and are assembled, but they need to be built up by the gifts that God puts in the body of Christ called the apostles, the pastors, the teachers, um, um, the prophets. Um, those are the equippers. Those are the coaches, as it were, uh, who have been called to bring these, these pieces together and equip them with the word of God so that we can all grow up and become mature and win the championship. 
win the championship. What I mean by championship, I mean by make a difference in this world by representing Jesus Christ and calling all men to him. That's the role of the coach, is to bring and bring the body into shape, to bring the players, the team, into shape and see them mature. You know, sometimes a team will start out uh, and, and it's got young players and, and they take a little beating as they're going up, but two or three years later, that same team with the same players is now winning championships. It's because they've had time to grow and mature and they bought into what their coach is saying. I hope you've gotten something out of this today. We're going to continue on with Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, remember those things that I want to, to just really drill those down in, in your spirit is let's, let's operate with humility and with gentleness. Let's operate with, um, with patience. Let's begin to absorb and make allowances for one another's faults as they are growing. Now, if they don't want to grow, you know, there's not so much of that you can absorb. But if, if you know they're on the same trajectory you're on and you know that you used to be there, then let's show some, some gentleness with them. Let's be willing to absorb one another's faults. And then let's make sure that we're so very eager and so very um, um, diligent and making haste to put out disunity. I hope you've gained something this afternoon, this evening. And I pray that uh, this will, will um, get into your spirit and you'll get a revelation from it. Um, remember, uh, for those of you that will watch us this Friday, we, God willing, will be there at noon, with high noon prayer. And then also um, those of you that are members of our church will be uh, uh, there for prayer Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, our, our Bible study, I mean, our um, uh, regular services on uh, Sunday and uh, 8.30 and 10 o'clock. Also, this is Wednesday. We receive offering uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, if you uh, would uh, care to, uh, you can um, give online, www.newdaycc.com. Um, that has a, a giving site there. You can give by text, or you can actually download our app and uh, give that way as well. Or you can actually mail it in uh, if you'd like to. We so appreciate your giving and supporting our ministry. We appreciate it so very much. That being said, let's pray and then we will um, we'll close out. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for those who cared to join us. We're so grateful for those who have, who have uh, continued to support us. And Father, we thank you for your word. You said uh, that as we give, it is given unto us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give unto our bosom. Thank you for meeting our every need. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and wonderful evening. We love you. Amen.